Welcome back, guys. I am so excited to be back with you today. We're going to be digging in again to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about time management. This habit is all about time management. So if that is something that you have been struggling with and you want to get better, you want to have a starting point, you want to know what tactical things that you can do and put in place today to start improving your time so it doesn't feel like you're chasing time and you have enough time to get your things done, then this episode is just for you. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Let's dig in. Hey friends, and welcome to Transform Empowered Mindset. I truly understand what it feels like to find worthiness, purpose, set boundaries, and feel validated as a stay-at-home mom. So if you're ready to find strength through faith to overcome negative thoughts, set goals and boundaries, transform your mindset, and be encouraged, then my friend, you're in the right place. Let's show up with the magic that we've been given by our creator. So go ahead, reheat that coffee or pop that kombucha and let's dig in. All right, let's get to it. I don't know about you guys, but I just get so excited this time of the year. I mean, the air just smells different. It's like, oh my gosh, it's getting close to the holidays. I love this time of year. However, I still have not put up Christmas decorations yet. I'm one of the late ones. I usually kind of do it after Thanksgiving, so... I'm working on that because my kids are like, mom, when are we going to put up Christmas decorations? I'm ready to put up my stockings. And I'm just like, what? I'm just focusing on Thanksgiving right now. Okay. How many are with me on that? Anyways, today's habit is all about time management and it is coming from a wonderful book that I have listened to and I just love. It has really put life into such perspective it has really shifted my perspective on life and how I do things and how I prioritize my my time. And I just want to share that with you guys so that it could be a tremendous benefit and you can start to see the change in your life and have some breathing room. So this just brings me to a story that I know several of you have probably heard, but just imagine yourself on a plane and you're flying you got your music on, you're watching your show, you're having your snack, and all of a sudden, the plane starts to shake, and you're like, oh man, what's going on? I'm not ready for this. So then, the flight attendant, she comes in, and she's like, oh, guys, something is wrong with the engine. I need everybody to just stay calm, but put your mask on, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to die today. So you look over, and there's a little kid there, and the kid's like, I need help. Help me get my mask. Help me do this. And you're like, where are the parents? Well, the parents just got up and went to the bathroom. And so they're not out here for the first everything that's going on. And so you really want to help this kid. But you're like, oh, I can't help this kid if I don't have my mask on. And if the plane goes down and then I could die and I want to get back to my family and all the things. So you realize that you have to put your mask on first. So you put your mask on and then you're able to help that kid and the parents come out and they grab their mask and they're thanking you and you're like, no problem. And then the flight attendant comes back out and she's like, we got everything under control. The plane's getting ready to land so we can get the problem assessed and looked at. Okay, but the moral of that story is basically that 
you want to put your mask on first in order to be effective. So in order to be effective and help someone else, we have to help ourselves. And sometimes that's easier said than done. But in order to be effective, we need to make sure we have ourselves in order so that we can help other people. So habit number three is all about that. And it is called put first things first. And the main idea of that is that effective time management is to spend the maximum time possible doing important jobs in a non-urgent atmosphere. So that actually increases our efficiency when we can do activities and jobs that we need to do in a non-urgent atmosphere, in a non-urgent way. So in the book, he paints a picture so vividly that includes a box split down the middle like a T. And so you have four boxes. The first box is important and urgent matters. The second box is important and non-urgent matters. The third box is urgent, but not important matters. And the fourth is not urgent and not important matters. And the first box, important and urgent matters, consists of responding to crisis, pressing problems, or tight deadlines. So the first box is pretty much problem-minded people, and they're consumed primarily um, in this area with their time. The second box, important but non-urgent activities, is more of your preventative maintenance, relationship building, creative thinking, your planning, and you're having recreational time. So this is a key area and it is all about effective personal management and it holds the key to business efficiently. The third box is not important, but they're urgent activities. And so they consist of like our phone calls, emails, meetings that we might have if we work, pressing matters, um, tasks that could be urgent because someone else has an expectation of us. And the fourth box is not important and non-urgent activities. And these basically are just time wasters. And they're things that we do, such as social media, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all that. So it's those things that we do kind of to numb out sometimes that we just do that are time wasters. They're just pleasant activities that we don't have to be doing, but we do sometimes. However, the real goal here is for us to maximize our time in quadrant two, which is the important and non-urgent things. This is the heart of effective personal management. So by increasing the amount of tasks carried out in quadrant two, the likelihood of tasks like piling up on us in quadrants one, which is important and non-urgent things, I mean important and urgent things, are minimized. In order to be effective at this, you have to think in a preventative fashion. The only way to concentrate efforts on quadrant two activities is to cut time spent in quadrants three and quadrants four activities. Centering decisions on correct principles and focusing on a mission statement gives us the guidance that we need to make these decisions. Because honestly, and it's a hard pill to swallow even for me, but the way we spend our time is just truly a direct result of the way we really see our own personal priorities. But there's great news. We could change that. We could totally change that. And we can learn how to schedule time for our activities instead of prioritizing our schedules. So how can we schedule time to achieve priorities in our life? There are six criteria for this to be effective in quadrant two. We have to develop these time management skills. 
And the first to develop them is coherent, which is harmony between your personal mission statement, both short and long activities. Number two is balance. So, and oh man, I struggle with this one, but it's identifying your various roles that you do uh, so that other areas aren't inadvertently ignored. Number three is quadrant two focus, which deals with prevention and anticipation rather than crisis control, like rather than just putting out fires all day. Number four is person-centered, which people can influence your time schedule. Number five is flexibility. Time management needs to be tailored exactly to the way you need it to work for your life. And portability is time management needs to be on the go and with you at all times so you know exactly what's going on throughout your day and not just at home or in the office. So how to be opportunity-minded and stay proactive? You can do that with these four activities that the book talks about, and I'm going to go over them briefly. Number one is to identify the key roles of your life, which is to write down the role you feel in an average week. So we all put on many hats from mother, daughter, wife, social, personal. We, I mean, we all wear many different hats. So we just have to evaluate the roles that we play on average each week. Number two is to select goals. So maybe two or three that we want to achieve in the coming week. Number three is scheduling. So we want to look at each week with our goals in mind. When are you going to set aside time to achieve those goals? You want to look at that in advance. And number four, lastly, is to adapt on a daily basis, which means long-term organizing means the mission statement leads to the roles leading to goals and then to plans. So basically, when we become organized and we have our mission statement, we're able to have our goals in which we can make our plan for the upcoming week. Okay, and y'all, I am still working through all of this as well. So I want to encourage you regarding that. Like, don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much I got to accomplish. This is just something you start taking baby steps towards and you just work through it each week so that you can make each week, each day, each month a little bit better and then each year. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So a key element to achieving put first things first is starting with building your character up first. So one thing I love that the book talks about is private victory precedes a public victory. So you can't be successful with other people if you haven't paid the price of success with yourself first, with the things that you personally want to achieve. So interdependence is a choice only independent people can make. So the the victories that we achieve in private, like for instance, waking up in the morning and um, spending time in prayer and devotion to renew our minds and, you know, be ready for the day, whether we're going off to work or being home with our kids, like that private victory that we have is an example of what he's talking about in the book. So building up your character first is essential before you can build relationship effectively with others. So say, for instance, you want to build a strong relationship with your spouse or your kids. In order to do that, we need to make something called deposits into the emotional bank account. So we make deposits into the account by being courteous, kindness, honest, openness, and keeping our commitments. When your account is in the credit, you can make occasional mistakes like being late or not keeping a promise, different things like that, and they can be compensated for. 
that if your account is empty or overdrawn, meaning you haven't made deposits into the relationship, like when your children come to you with something and you really don't feel like talking or really being bothered, but instead you think of it as, man, this is an opportunity for me to build a relationship with my child. Let me see what they want to do or what they want to talk about. So when that account is overdrawn, there is a lot of tension and you have to be very careful with every word that you utter and everything that you do. So making deposits into the emotional bank account is done in six ways. Understanding the individual. So you need to get to know deeply your child and your spouse and their interests, the different things that they like. You really just show an interest, even though you're not really interested, but for their sake and to build that relationship, you show interest. Number two is attending to the little things. So just little forms of disrespect can really make large withdrawals if you're not careful. The big things are really the little things. So being courteous and small acts of kindness. And number three is keeping commitments. So just keeping a promise is very large. That is a very large deposit. Breaking a promise is a super large withdrawal. So people tend to build their hopes around our promises, especially kids. And I know we can all attest to that. Number four is clarifying the expectations, especially with children, definitely with your spouse. And it is probably paramount with your coworkers. Like if you say, I'm going to stay over work and do X, Y, and Z. Just really clarifying how long you're staying and what you're going to be doing so that you can stick to your deadline and they know your, they know what the expectations are. They know what you're going to do and everybody's clear. Number five is showing personal integrity. So honesty is telling the truth or conforming our words to reality. And integrity is conforming our realities to our words or keeping promises and fulfilling expectations. Integrity means you treat everyone by the same set of rules. And lastly, number six is apologizing, really being sincere when you make that withdrawal, when you don't keep a promise, when you're late, when you just make a withdrawal in in those areas. This requires a great deal of strength and character. So I definitely try with this one. When I make a mistake with my children or my spouse, I try to swallow my pride and I apologize. Why? Because I want my children to always tell me the truth and apologize when they are wrong. And we lead by example. We can tell them all day you should apologize, but if we never do it, they're more likely going to only do it because we're making them, but they're not going to from their heart do it. So I try to, to lead by example with that one. So to wrap it up, I want to leave you guys with two key thoughts. There can be no friendship without confidence and no confidence without integrity. And that is by Samuel Johnson. And the second is by E.M. Gray. And it says, the successful person has the habit of doing the things failures don't like to do. They don't like doing them either necessarily, but their disliking is subordinated to the strength of their purpose. I was like, wow, that is so true. Because there's a lot of things that we do as moms that we do not like to do. Okay, so that one really spoke to me. So y'all, this book is jam-packed with straight up gold and I am still working on a sweet gift so that you guys can acquire the book and really get all that it has to give because it really does change your life. So if you want to be first to know when that free gift is available, please click the link in the show notes and you will be added to the list. 
All right, so next week I'm going to be going through habit number four and it deals with human interaction, which is all about decision making. So I know you guys are going to enjoy it. I'll see you back real soon. Hey mamas, if this episode has encouraged, motivated, or inspired you in any way, I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached at transformedempoweredmindset at gmail.com. Remember to click five stars and leave a review. Please and thank you.